Hi, I'm Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. Fortunately, here in Canada, we don't live in a country where we face a major persecution as Christians for our faith, unlike in some other countries of the world today. We're fortunate in that way, aren't we? And yet, we do live in a country that's resistant and not friendly towards the gospel, which comprises the Christian faith. And by that, I mean that we have a culture that has walked away from the Christian faith and has embraced a worldview without God that is very self-centered and that even opposes Christian values like prayer and Bible reading and following biblical teachings about marriage and purity and creation and personhood and respect and family and so many other things that God gave to us so that we can live happy, healthy, and productive lives. So with that in mind, how do those of us who follow Christ and the teachings of the Bible behave in this kind of environment? Well, I find some principles that we can live by in the book of 1 Peter and chapter 4. Let me read those verses for you. They're verses 12 to 19. Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, so that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. I want you to notice that Peter says that we should not be surprised when people oppose us for our Christian faith. So often, how we think people should respond to us, well, it's just the opposite. And they oppose us and ridicule us and even put up barriers against us. And when that, when that happens, it's easy to start asking questions like, why is this happening to me? Why now? Why this? I'm following Christ. Why am I experiencing this? And we act like it's a big surprise that it's happening. We're taken off guard. No, no, no. Peter tells us not to be surprised by it all. Because 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 3 says that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, 
Any of those sound familiar today? Those are all things that are predicted will happen the closer the coming of Christ gets. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that when we live out the Christian faith and when we share the love of Jesus and his message with with people, that we should expect to be rejected. You see, although there's a cost to following Jesus, there's a far greater cost to not following him. The cost is that of eternity. Eternity is at stake. But when you follow Christ, you're going against the principles of this world order, and therefore you're going to, in one way or the other, meet opposition. It's kind of like a person who gets caught in a riptide in the ocean. Do you know what that is? A riptide is a strong offshore current that's caused by the tide pulling water in an opposite direction during ebb tide, which is a rise and fall of the sea levels. Now, if you get caught in one, we're told that you need to swim with that tide until you finally swim out of it. But what happens is that people tend to try and swim against it to the shore, but it's so strong that they end up drowning. Well, the Christian life is like swimming against a riptide, except that we're not swimming in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord who says that he would never leave us or forsake us. Now, that's, that doesn't mean it'll be easy swimming. It doesn't mean we'll necessarily swim out of it and get to peaceful waters. No, I think that as long as we're here on earth and want to live for Christ, that we'll have to swim against that tide. So let's not be surprised when we face opposition to our faith. Nothing strange is happening here. And in fact, in some ways, is stranger when we're not experiencing opposition. And then Peter went on to say, rejoice. (laughs) Now, how can we rejoice when we're experiencing opposition and persecution? And yet, this is what we're being taught to do. Jesus taught the same thing when he said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 9 to 12, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, both Peter and Jesus taught us to rejoice when we experience opposition. Well, the truth is, probably Peter probably heard Jesus teach this and took it to heart. He also learned from experience. Remember when Jesus was arrested that Peter denied Jesus three times because he didn't want to experience the same persecution Jesus was facing? And Peter wept bitterly over his failure, but then he went on to become one of the most prominent and powerful apostles for the sake of Christ. It's reported by tradition that Peter was crucified upside down for his faith because he did not consider himself worthy enough to be crucified like Christ. And we can rejoice because we know we have a reward waiting for us in heaven. 
But we can also rejoice because if we're being persecuted, that means the Spirit of God is working through us and that we're disrupting the kingdom of darkness. In other words, it means that we're doing something good for Christ. And Peter confirms this teaching with his own exposition of it when he says, For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. In other words, we're in the time before Christ comes back when people who are living for Christ will be experiencing opposition. And if you think that's bad, think about how bad it will be for those who don't know Christ. They'll be spending eternity in darkness and gnashing and of teeth and wailing completely alone. But as followers of Jesus, we're to rejoice as a conscious choice when we participate in the sufferings of Christ so that we can be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And then thirdly, Peter says, commit to doing good. In other words, don't run from the opposition, but run towards what is moral, good, and right. Why? Because God is faithful. We can trust him to support us in the conflict. And even though the world has turned their back on God, their creator, they're still his creation. And in most cases, a moral and good behavior, as defined by the Bible, will still be rewarded. And when that isn't the case, keep trusting God and always continue doing good. I hope this helps. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.